Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burgoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Beautiful, beautiful words. Let's just bow in prayer, shall we? Perhaps we'll, um, maybe we'll just still the music all together. Thanks, Cheryl. Just take a moment of just quietness. Those are just beautiful words of submission. Let's just in the quietness, just take a moment just to submit ourselves afresh to the Lord. Just encourage you just where you are. Just to say a quiet word of prayer just in your heart that says, Lord, I submit to you. Lord, I want to hear from you today. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Father, there's not much quiet in our lives these days. We fill it with noise. We fill it with busyness. But Lord, uh, we thank you for your still, small voice, that still, small voice of your spirit, which speaks to our hearts as we have ears to hear, Lord, what you're saying to us. So give us ears to hear, Lord, we pray this morning. Give us a fresh attentiveness to the voice of your spirit, we pray. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you again to our team this morning. Good morning and welcome to you all. No, I can't do this, so I'm just not central. I just, it's the OCD in me that's, I need, that's better. <laughs> Special welcome to those on Zoom. That's not helpful. Hang on. Just get ourselves organised. I was on Zoom last Sunday, uh, having to isolate after um, exposure to a positive case. <gasps> but since then, rest assured, I've, uh, I've had three PCR tests, all negative. So I've never, yeah, <laughs> thanks very much. Uh, I've never been so negative ill in my life. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to be here this morning. And as a team, uh, you know, we have this conviction that we've just got to keep moving forward with this thing as best we can and uh, just learn to be agile. Someone's waving to me. Ah, Keystone, if you're here still, you've got better things to do than listen to me. So our teenagers, thank you. Sorry, Michael. Keystone, I did have a reminder about that. Thank you so much for staying for my brief introduction. I hope it was a blessing to you. (laughs) I was just saying, you know, we need to learn to be agile and uh, just adapt to changing circumstances week by week. And, uh, you know, with more people zooming in, 
Mim and her wonderful team have put together an activities pack for families. So just would encourage you to make use of that, families, uh, later today, even during the week, just to set aside half an hour to invest in something that will strengthen the faith of your family. And you don't need to print anything. It's suitable for all ages and available on our website if you just click Sunday at Home and then Family Activities. But as you know, as long as we're able to safely gather here in our building, we will be here on a Sunday morning and uh, we'll be on Zoom from 8.30 for those who uh, choose that option. Whatever the case, the transforming Word of God will go forth. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And do I hear an amen on Zoom? Yeah. I don't. But maybe there was one. A loud amen at your place. So this is the plan and the purpose of God, right, in our lives, that as we come to Him in faith, that He forms and transforms us more and more into the image of Christ, making us more and more like Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, but uh, we need to be open to that. We need to be responsive to that work of the Spirit, and uh, we need to be prepared to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is doing in enabling that uh, transforming work. So that's the focus of this series, Being Like Jesus. Um, we'll never be Christ-like. We'll never achieve Christ-likeness purely by our own efforts, by trying harder. I hope you understand that. But, you know, we'll make progress by our submission to God, by our willingness to come under the influence of the Spirit through ongoing infillings of the Spirit, as uh, Simon shared with us last week about being filled. And uh, he mentioned this as well. You know, when someone's under the influence of alcohol, uh, they actually, we, you see that their judgment and their decisions are affected by that influence. But so it is as you're living your lives, as we're living our lives under the influence, choosing to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So too, our judgment and our decisions, our whole lives will be significantly impacted. So today, um, with all of that in mind, our, our focus word is fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful, to live fruitful lives? Uh, well, there's a key passage where Jesus talks about this very thing. It's John 15, 1 to 8, uh, a passage that I've loved uh, for many, many years. And uh, let me read it to you. These are the words of Jesus. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Wow, what a rich passage that is. 
couple of weeks ago, um, we took a little family trip to a place in the Perth Hills called S&R Orchard. Anyone ever been there? Now, we'd, now we'd never been there either before, but it's just a beautiful spot. You go there and uh, you pay $10 and you get a, a bag and you get to just pick your own fruit, beautiful, fresh fruit. Well, uh, if there's any place that speaks of fruitfulness, it's this place, branches laden, as you can see there, with beautiful fruit. Uh, as far as the eye can see, peaches, plums, nectarines that are just beautiful and, uh, and juicy and colourful, just healthy, just beautiful fruit. And uh, then also here's a picture of my granddaughter Rosie coming up, who uh, is also beautiful, irresistible as far as I'm concerned. I can't resist her charms. It's like she's got uh, some kind of a spell over me, but here she is hoeing into a, um, a juicy peach that uh, she almost certainly picked up off the ground. Uh, that's okay, we're just building immunity uh, further into her. But that whole orchard scene is a beautiful one, and I'm struck by the truth that fruitfulness is a beautiful thing. Fruitfulness. It's a thing of great beauty. It's true in the orchard. It's also true in the Christian life. Fruitfulness. So as we think about the beauty of fruitfulness this morning, it strikes me as that it should therefore be something that we, we aspire to, that we actively seek after and desire and pursue. So this morning, based on this passage, I just want to suggest three important steps towards the pursuit of fruitfulness in our lives, that our lives might reflect the beauty of a fruitful orchard. So number one is be planted in the right environment. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which is fruitful and yields its fruit in season. So this is a verse, uh, these verses are about uh, your environment, being careful about who you spend your time with, because over time, that environment may well, you find, rub off on you. So in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that bad company corrupts good character. You want to be careful about spending too much time with people who are constantly cynical and negative or who have a tendency to mock. You know, people like that, they're always mocking. Be careful about hanging around with those people too long. Be careful about becoming a person like that. Be careful about hanging around with people who are just making poor decisions. By contrast, the encouragement of the psalmist is to spend time in the Word of God because over time that also will rub off on you and affect your thinking and your character and ultimately your behaviour. Well, Psalm 92 is another great verse. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Anyone here of old age who's still bearing fruit? Put up your hand. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, good on you. There's a, there's a few of us there, yeah. So planted in the house of the Lord. That's kind of Old Testament language, right? Uh, the New Testament equivalent would refer to being connected in with the body of Christ as 
Dan was speaking of earlier in the service. Attending church services, yes, uh, absolutely, but so much more than that. Being relationally connected in with the people of God. And in this passage, Jesus talks about the importance of remaining or abiding in him. Beautiful terminology. And the New Testament prayer from Ephesians 3 that's increasingly taking hold of our ministry leaders team this year speaks of us being rooted and established in the love of Christ. Have a think about that for a minute. Being rooted and established in the love of Christ. Again, it's the language of being planted in the right environment. And Jesus himself is that right environment. Be planted in him. He is the vine. We are the branches apart from him. We can do nothing. That's what we read in that passage. And uh, so we understand uh, this truth, which I'll put on the screen. The branches get their life from the vine, and the vine produces its fruit through the branches. So if we want our lives to be fruitful and to reflect the beauty of that orchard, then we need to remain in the presence of Jesus and be rooted and established in the right environment. Is that good? Number two is we need to trust the gardener. I want to make some comments about the the pruning process because um, anyone who's grown grapevines or uh, fruit trees will know that pruning is necessary for fruitfulness. When it comes to pruning, you want someone who knows what they're doing. You know, when I was a teenager, my parents went to Germany for two or three months and uh, my sisters stayed home. I must have been about 15. I just I thought it was awesome. <laughs> just absolutely awesome. Being my, my parents, I love my parents, but at that stage, I thought if they're away, that's cool. I did some uh, things I shouldn't have been doing while they were away, but I did some also uh, some good things, as you would hope. I pruned our grapevine. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so I just sort of chopped away randomly. I just thought pruning can't be that hard. What can go wrong? Well, I'll tell you what went wrong. Uh, when fruiting season came around, there wasn't a single bunch of grapes <laughs> on our grapevine, which normally would be just fruiting prolifically all through the summer. Jesus paints this picture of a beautiful vineyard. He says, I'm the vine, and you, the people of God, are the branches of this vine. And my father is the gardener. He's a very good gardener. The father loves his garden. He's an excellent gardener. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what to prune and what not to prune in his garden. And so we can trust him. We can trust him to do what's best. And in this picture, the the pruning role of the father is twofold. Number one, he we're told he prunes or trims every branch that does bear fruit. That's interesting, isn't it? He prunes or trims every branch that does bear fruit. And here his purpose, as always, is loving. It's so that each branch will be even more fruitful. Even more beautiful, actually. And the process might be painful, but it's all to steer us in the direction of goodness and Christ-likeness 
Because what the Father, what the gardener wants for us is to have a beautiful life. A beautiful life, an abundant life, says Jesus in John 10. So that's the first thing. He prunes branches that do bear fruit. The second thing is the Father cuts off branches that bear no fruit. So he gets rid of the dead wood. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> well, that's a difficult question to answer because it, it touches on this whole question of whether or not you can lose your salvation. And this is a question that's been debated by theologians down through the ages. Um, only God knows the answer. I'll, let me give you my take on what that means. Um, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples and um, we know that when the crunch came, all 12 disciples rejected him, didn't they? All 12 rejected him. All 12, we might say, went through this painful pruning process. They turned their backs on Jesus and in Peter's case, we know, vehemently denied that he ever even knew Jesus. Jesus, no, I never heard of him. I've had nothing to do with him. I want nothing to do with him. You'd have to say that's a pretty complete denial of faith. However, we also know that 11 of the 12 returned and when they did, they were stronger, they were more resolved, they were more filled with the Spirit, they were fruitful, 11 of the 12. And that should be a great encouragement. I've been reflecting on that. I think it should be a great encouragement to those of us who have loved ones and friends who've walked away from their faith. You know what? Never stop praying for these people. Never stop praying for them. In Jesus' name. Because they may just be going through a painful pruning process, painful for them, uh, painful for you as well, in many cases. But God can turn them around and bring them back. And in many cases, when he does, they come back stronger and more resolved and more filled with the Spirit and more fruitful than ever. We might even say as a result of that pruning that they've been through. Now, what about Judas? Well, Judas certainly appeared to be a devoted follower of Jesus. But in a different, more calculated way, he turned his back on Jesus. And at the end of the day, for Judas, his life did not bear the fruit of repentance. He had regret. He had remorse. He did not have repentance. And regret and remorse are not the same thing as repentance. And we might suggest that therefore, the transforming life of Christ never really pulsated within him. Those who are fruitful are wisely and lovingly pruned by the gardener, but those who are not in the end are cut off. They're cut off because of their unwillingness to repent and come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's why they're cut off. So when it comes to salvation, you know, the key question is, has the life of the living Word of God, the life of Jesus himself, 
taken hold of your life in a way that is transforming and continues to transform. Even today, ask, you, ask yourself this. Do I have a desire in my heart to walk with and remain close to Jesus? Do I have that? Some of us do. It's a bit rhetorical. You don't have to all call out. <laughs> do you have that desire? Be planted in the right environment. Trust the master gardener. And the third thing I want to share with you is this third thought. Learn to celebrate the beauty. You know, the gardener celebrates the beauty of the garden. My wife's a gardener and uh, several times a week we'll find time to sit together um, out the front of our house, which um, as, uh, as I sit, that's the view that I have as in the place that I often sit. And uh, it's, I just think it's beautiful. Um, we just celebrate the beauty of our garden as we sit there together. It's beautiful. My father is the gardener, says Jesus. And so we've got to understand that the father celebrates the beauty of the garden, of his creation. He celebrates the beauty. Most of all, he celebrates the sun. And we see it a couple of times in the Gospels where... The, the heart of the Father is just about bursting in celebration of the Son. The first time is at Jesus' baptism where uh, we see heaven was opened and a voice came from heaven, this is my Son who I love. I'm so pleased with him. And then he kind of retreats back into the heavens can hardly help himself. The second time is the transfiguration of, we see in Matthew 17. And uh, I love that passage too, where Jesus is transfigured on the mountain and uh, his clothes are just shining like bright light. And again, you can sense the excitement in the Father's voice. He can hardly help himself as the glory of heaven momentarily bursts onto earth. This is my son and I'm, who I love. I'm so pleased with him. Listen to him, is what he says this time. I love this son of mine. Listen to him. And then, you know, you can always sense as he's, again, retreating back into the heavens, punching his fists in the air. That's awesome. He's, that's my son. That's my son. The father loves his son. He celebrates the son. He absolutely celebrates the son. And here's the amazing thing. The Father celebrates all who are in the Son. Amen. He celebrates us. That's you and me. And he particularly celebrates our fruitfulness, as I'm sure the gardener at SNR Orchard does too. And, you know, I was reflecting some more on that visit that we had to the orchard. A couple of things struck me. One is... It takes time for the fruit to form. It doesn't just appear. It appears over a period of time. It grows over a period of time. And I was just reminded, you know, that discipleship is never static. It's a growing and developing way of life. And a true follower of Jesus is always growing, always becoming more fully a follower. And the other thing that struck me uh, as I reflected on that time up there is that 
all the seasons are necessary for the tree to be fruitful. And in fact, all of the seasons are beautiful in their own way. And so here's a picture I've asked Kelly to put together of the four seasons of the SNR orchard. These are actually four pictures that have been taken of that SNR orchard in the Perth Hills. Uh, you all want to go there, right? It's just a beautiful place to visit. The fruit's not always visible. But let me say this, as long as the tree is planted well in the right environment, clearly this is the right environment for an orchard, as long as the tree is planted well in that environment and as long as the tree is cared for and pruned well by a gardener who knows what they are doing, the fruit is in the process of being formed in the branches of the tree at all seasons. It's in the process of being formed and it will emerge at the right time. So you might be in a winter season where it's pretty cold and bleak and dark and lonely, but God the Father, the gardener, is with you and he has purpose for you in this winter season. The winter season is not without purpose. God has purpose for you in your season and there is fruit, believe you me, there is fruit being formed even in the winter, fruit that you can't yet see in your life, but that God is forming. And the great thing about winter, I'll tell you, is that the new green shoots of spring are not far away. So what is this fruit? Well, it's a question with various answers, and uh, some would say the fruit is obedience. Uh, others would say the fruit is, uh, is love, or uh, perhaps Christ-likeness. Then, of course, we have uh, in Galatians 5, the, the listed fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, you know, well, there's nine of them listed there in Galatians 5, you can look them up. Um, all of those are reasonable answers. They're all, they are, yes, all fruit of the Christian life. And uh, surely the master gardener celebrates all of that fruit as he sees you expressing the love of God to other people, as he sees you exuding the joy of the Lord, as he sees that peace in your heart, he celebrates those things. He celebrates the fruit the beauty of the fruit. He celebrates those things. But then good to look at the context here and the branches purpose we see there in the scriptures is to bear much fruit. The next, verse tell, next verses tell us that this fruit is the result of effective prayer, effective prayer in the name of Jesus, whatever you ask for, in Jesus' name. So just as we draw this to a close, let me give you a, a, a prayer scenario that I suspect we can all relate to, I know I can relate to, and uh, maybe you've prayed this kind of prayer at some point, this kind of prayer. Lord, I'm in a bit of a mess here. Anyone ever pray that prayer? I'm in a bit of a mess here, and maybe it's not my fault, or maybe actually I'm now suffering the consequences of a bad decision, or a mistake, or a sin in my life. But Lord, would you please help me out of this mess? Lord, would you please fix the problem? Lord, would you please, please change my circumstances? And if you do, then I promise I'll dot, dot, dot. You know, like we, so we start then bargaining with God as if we've got some bargaining chips up our sleeves. Uh, <laughs> uh, classic human behaviour 
Now, does God hear that prayer? Well, of course, yes, of course he does. And he responds with compassion. But God wants more for you than to take away your problems or to change your circumstances or to give you an easy life. He wants more for you than that. He wants you to have a fruitful life, an abundant life, a life that you and he can celebrate together because it reflects the beauty of that orchard that the gardener celebrates. And so the fruitfulness of your life will require some autumns and some winters along the way. And some of you are in those autumns and winters. So here's a more courageous prayer. Feel free to pray the earlier one. That's a fine prayer. <laughs> here's a more courageous prayer. Uh, dare I say more mature, uh, dare I say more effective prayer. And as I pray this prayer for myself, maybe you'd like to pray it with me. And uh, as you pray, you may like to close your eyes or you may like to focus on, if we can just go back to that last slide, focus on the fruit and the beauty of the fruit. Heavenly Father, You are the master gardener. And Lord, I want to be well planted in the body of Christ that my roots might sink deeply into the rich soil of the love of Christ. That's what I want, Lord. I want my life to reflect the beauty of that fruitful orchard. I want my life to be something that the gardener will celebrate. And Father because I trust you as the gardener. I ask you to prune away the things in my life that are holding me back. Prune away the things that are preventing my growth, inhibiting my fruitfulness. Lord, would you prune away my fears, my insecurities? Would you prune away my selfishness, my pride? And I understand that might be painful for me, but would you prune those things away and teach me to remain in Christ? Teach me to be rooted and established in his love that I might bear much fruit for your glory, that my life might be formed into something of great beauty, something to celebrate. Do whatever it takes, Father, to cause my life to bring you glory. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand, church. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au.
Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.